This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Sports Better's Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Jimmy, out along with Bruce Marshall, love CBSSportsline.com, VegasInsider.com, and BAMSports.net. That's for Bruce A. Marshall. Check out all of his stuff. Long time, long time. A veteran, we should call you, Bruce. Handicapper, especially in the college ranks. Let's get to it. You got five best bets for us this week. Go to the ACC and Virginia Tech. Uh, get you, we saw them on last Thursday night. They starting to get a little um, a little hang of things, and they were an easy winner for us on that Thursday night game. Now they travel to Louisville, where Louisville has been tough. The Cards are laying ten against the Hokies in Louisville. Yeah, and this one is actually you know second place in the ACC, sort of at stake here. So uh, you know Florida State down the road could await the winner here. This has been quite a turnaround here for Virginia Tech, and it's been a season long thing at Louisville. So give Jeff Brom credit for really stabilizing that situation there and uplifting it some. But I really have been impressed by what. The Hokies have been doing lately, and I thought Brent Pry really was uh, struggling to gain some traction there. It didn't work too well last year, and this season started off a bit slow. But he made the decision in mid-September to switch quarterbacks there. Kyron Drones, the transfer from Baylor, came in uh, in the offseason, and he finally took over from Grant Wells in mid-September. Uh, Wells from Marshall before, but Drones gave them an extra dimension there because he can run. And uh, having that dual-threaded quarterback has certainly helped. He's also been very careful with the ball. He hasn't thrown a pick in his last five games, so Coach Pry loves that. And uh, and Basial Tootin, the transfer from NCA&T, is starting to run the ball now. I love that when the guys come up from FCS and then they make their mark here at the top level. He's running well in the ACC, over 100 yards last week. But here's what I really like about Virginia Tech. This is old Frank Beamer-style ball here. I mean, they are up to now uh, 30 sacks. That is fourth nationally in sacks. And uh, 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 I, th- th- they've got the one fellow there with six sacks the last two weeks. So everything has been working so well for Virginia Tech lately, and they look like they used to look. And they're hot. They've covered four straight and I think this is a few too many points. Louisville's going to have a little struggle, I think, to pull away. I know they got Duke last week, but Leonard's not at 100%. I mean, the game before lost that game at Pitt, and we've seen how Pitt has looked. So, um, and they had some struggles earlier in the year in games like the Indiana game where, you know, they could have lost. So this is going to be a close one. I think Virginia Tech's got a shot. I'm going to ride the Hokies here, this hot streak for Virginia Tech, and keep this one really close, maybe even pull it out uh, at the Ville. All right, Virginia Tech plus the 10 at Louisville. Get extra value this football season with the Bet River Squares. Went up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet $10 in same-game parlays on any game with the Squares icon to earn a square. That's brought to you by our friends over at Bet Rivers. Let's get to this one. Oh, here we go. Uh, where are we going here? This is very predictable. Death taxes in the under in the Commander-in-Chief round robin. 
Army and Air Force this week. They're going to play in Denver instead of Colorado Springs. It's 17 and a half and 32. Yeah, I'm again looking at the underside. Though I will point out the uh, underdog. It's usually been Army, but not every year in the last eight has covered eight straight in this series. But the under nine in a row. And uh, this is consistent with what we've seen in Commander-in-Chief games for the last 18 or so years. It's now 45-10-1 to the under, going back a long way in all of these games. We saw one a couple weeks ago with Air Force and Navy going under. And and this one, I I rarely predict a shutout when I write games up, but in uh, my forecast in in BAM Sports this week, I called this one 24 to nothing uh, for Air Force. I don't know how Army is going to score, and and I think Jeff Monken really erred uh, this season. He felt some pressure from above. You've got to go away from the flex bone. It's not it's not uh, uh, for the modern game. It just doesn't work anymore. And he made an accommodation, not completely away from a run based offense, but he changed the offense. It's not the flex bone anymore. Um, he brought a coordinator in from uh, Nebraska Kearney from a lower level to run an offense that is basically like a a pistol spread option sort of a thing. But this sort of offense needs a quarterback to do everything, everything. And um, this is sort of like when uh, Nevada ran an offense like this when Kaepernick was there. I mean, mean, you need a quarterback to be a hero in this offense, whereas in the the old flex bone, it was sort of the offense itself did it and the formations and all. Um, Daly was that guy at quarterback, okay early in the season, but when he got hurt and they had to go to the backup, Champ Harris, the freshman, it all fell apart. They had two straight shutout losses. Again, it it sort of figured maybe LSU could do that to him. Troy is pretty tough too, but they did nothing on offense in those games. And then you lose to UMass last week. Daly came back. He didn't help out too much, but this, this, this is an error by Monken, and we talked about this in the summer, what Army's record has been when they have not run the wishbone or flexbone the last uh, 35, 40 years. Um, it's been those op- pure option years that have really done well for, Navy, for Army, and they have not done well otherwise. They aren't going to score this week unless something strange happens. This is a great Air Force defense. Larry is back. He's playing a little bit less than 100%, though. Um, but uh, he'll be good enough at quarterback to get Navy, uh, get Air Force over the hump. But this one stays under. I know 32 looks low, but in this series, um, that's about right. And I, I don't think they're going to clear it because I don't put Army on the board for anything in Denver on a Saturday. Yeah, look, to tell you how bad it was, okay, you get shut out back, uh, back-to-back games. I know it's Troy and LSU, but still, you get shut out. And then, uh, to put it in perspective, UMass hit their win total with that at two. Okay? Two. Yeah. And they've got Mary Mack this week. Okay? So, I mean, that is – that's a low point. We talked at length in the preseason, uh, the, the college football previews, about the military schools with the new rule change, can't cut block outside the tackle box. Air Force is probably hung with their traditional approach as well compared to Air Force and Navy, and it kind of shows that's what they do best. Of course, we talked about Wisconsin and some other uh, sort of um, uh, offensive approach changes. And so – 
it's uh, it's been uh, different to say the least. But yeah, Army is they are in a bad spot right now, and this is not a good spot to go into. Again, uh, that that number might be light at seventeen and a half. Iowa State and Kansas. How about this? How about the five team logjam we have atop the Big Twelve? Everybody just wants to pencil in Oklahoma and Texas in a rematch. Well, they've got some games to be played, especially with uh, Oklahoma coming off the Kansas loss, and they go to Oklahoma State. You're looking at two of these three because it's a round robin with the third team, with I'm sorry, a sixth team in Kansas at uh, you know one game back at three and two. And they're all playing the interesting games this week. We'll start in Ames, Iowa. Iowa State and Matt Campbell starting to get on a little bit of a roll. Three games in a row that they've uh, won and covered. Now they're catching, two, uh, catching Kansas after the uh, storm. The, the, the field rush fade, we call it, Bruce. <clears throat> they even took it an extra step and took the goalposts out the stadium. They were excited. And, hey, man, it was a glorious scene. Cyclones at home. Two and a half against the Jayhawks. Yeah, they usually only storm the quarter of the field in Kansas for uh, basketball, not football. So that was kind of rare last uh, last week. And uh, by the way, uh, Matt Campbell, all the coaches that I have met and talked to at these media days in, in the past several years, uh, he's the most intelligent one, I think, that I've talked to. A very impressive guy. So I, I think highly of uh, Campbell, as do most. But this game this week reminds me of an old story. Uh, Lee Corso, when he was coaching at Indiana in 1977, was playing Minnesota the week after the Gophers beat Michigan, which was a big upset, a very good Michigan team that went to the Rose Bowl. And he was talking to Bob Knight, and he said, gosh, Bob, I don't know what I'm going to do this week. This Minnesota team looked really good last week. We're in trouble. And Knight told Corso, he said, Lee, if you can't win this game this week, you can't coach. And his now he's oversimplifying it, but it makes some sense there. We've seen it a lot. The letdown after a big upset like that, a major win where you rush the field with your fans and things like that, uh, the next week can be kind of tough. So here's Kansas in that situation. Now, still not sure if Daniels is coming back. I will say this about Jason Bean. He is a higher-level backup quarterback, and he has started a lot. He's a sixth-year player. He started for a couple of years at North Texas. He's got plenty of experience. He's not quite as good as Daniels, though. He does make some mistakes, but he's, he's not that bad. But the story here is on the other side. Look what Iowa State's doing lately in this defense in particular. The last three games, allowing just 14 points per game as they, they really shut these teams down. We saw it again uh, last week, uh, winning at Baylor and Presley. They're winning on the road, too, Cincinnati and, and Baylor, um, and, and handling those pretty pretty double-digit wins there. Rocco Beck is really... Uh, matured at quarterback and he was kind of thrown in the fire there the freshman early in the season when you know Hunter Deckers had to walk away from the team last year's starter after that uh, sports gambling probe there in the summer he left um, and it took back a little while but he's coming on very well right now Sanders and Norton their top two running backs good balance in the backfield so everything's clicking for Iowa State right now back to start is starting to look a little bit like Brock Purdy from a few years ago Iowa State's going to win this game I think, and uh, keep going here. I'm going to ride Campbell, and the letdown here on the other side I think is real. Uh, so I'm going to give the Cyclones a whirl in Ames on Saturday. Matt Campbell was the hot name and mentioned for some jobs. It's like Ohio State and Michigan uh, at uh, some point. Lance Leipold, I know he's 58, but hey, 
Nick Saban is 73. Okay. I mean, you know, he's still uh, doing pretty good as well. So he is a, a hot name as well. Let's stay in the Big 12 and talk about one of those teams. How about the job that Mike Gundy is doing? 17 straight winning seasons after his first one was a losing season. This is one that Paul Stone likes as well. It might be the last bedlam for a while. Down to five and a half right now at Bet Rivers. Oklahoma State at home at Boone Pickens Stadium against the Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah, and this is going to be kind of sad if they uh, they don't find a way to keep playing this game um, because Bedlam is a big deal, and it has taken on the feeling of a crusade in Stillwater this week. I mean, they want this one really, really bad, and Gundy has done it again. And look what Ollie Gordon, too, has done now. He is leading yeah. the nation in rushing now over 1,000 yards. His last uh, two games, 553 yards rushing his last two. He has been such a star the last few weeks, and he's in the Heisman race now, putting up numbers like this. He's running like Barry Sanders used to run. And um, also, I go back, we mentioned this uh, last week about Oklahoma State before the Cincy game. Uh, also, another key besides Gordon was when Gundy made a decision at quarterback there um, late in September, he decided to go with the uh, Texas Tech-Michigan transfer, Alan Bowman, and he's given them a downfield passing threat. They can throw the ball, too. Um, so Bowman, along with Gordon running wild, this defense has also picked up the pace. Oklahoma State is hot right now. And um, Oklahoma, sometimes you see this, uh, Jimmy. You have a big game like that early before midseason, like that Texas game. Now, I know it's every year Oklahoma plays that game, but this year was really something a little special, and they had to bounce back from that big loss last year to Texas. One, I mean, it felt like, wow, that was really something. They have not reached that point since, that emotional pitch. They've had two struggles. They lost the game at Kansas. They almost lost to UCF, which is not that good this year. Uh, this is sort of they're sort of looking more like Oklahoma uh, last year and I know Gabriel's putting up some pretty good numbers but uh, the defense has wobbled the last couple of weeks they certainly gave up the big plays against Kansas last week and if you give up big plays and you're playing against Ollie Gordon that's a problem Stillwater is going to be electric here and I, I think Oklahoma State can win this game so I'd even look at it on the money line but to be safe for our purposes here let's just take the points with Oklahoma State and I think that's a good one on Saturday I know OT Boone donated a lot of oil to uh to the cause over at Oklahoma State but they might call it Boone Pickens Gordon if he continues how about this the last five games he's going from 12 yards to 20 against Al uh, South Alabama to 121 against Iowa State next week against Kansas State 136 Kansas 168 282 against West Virginia, 271 against Cincinnati. I'll be, you know, okay. We'll see. Uh, it all starts with stopping uh, uh, Ollie Gordon at um, with uh, number zero, the zero for Ollie on his uh, jersey there. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, they want a little piece. I, I also documented this, too, Bruce. Uh, as a player, four years. As an assistant coach, two different stints, 10 years. 19th year coaching. 33 years at Stillwater for Gundy. He wants a piece of their backside in this one on the way out. He has made no no secrets about it as well. I'm interested about this pick, Bruce. Let's go out uh, west in Fresno State and Boise State. It's kind of traditional that these two teams decide the uh, the you know the conference. Uh, Fresno State started out so hot uh, at home, laying three against Boise. 
Yeah, now this is sort of an eliminator almost because it looks like Air Force is in, in line to win the right. Mountain West, and the, the uh, they don't do the divisions anymore in the Mountain West, so the second-place team will get a crack at the Falcons, and the winner of this game is going to have the inside track at it. And all of a sudden, uh, it, we've started to take a look at, at, at Boise a little bit here. Only four and four, but uh, three of those losses, I mean, by one, uh, I'm sorry, by two, three, and one, uh, a couple of them on the last play of the game, um, and uh, I mean, this team could be sitting 7-1 here very easily. Lost the opener at Washington, and that's understandable. Uh, but they've picked it up very nicely lately. And uh, last week, the defense really showed up against Wyoming on the blue carpet there. Only allowed 112 yards, just smothered a pretty capable Wyoming team there. Um, you, you've seen a, a couple things. Avalos, what he's done, he's sort of switched quarterbacks here. He's still playing Taylor Green some, but Maddox Madsen has come in and given them a little bit more consistency throwing the football downfield. So he's been using both quarterbacks, but Madsen's taking the majority of snaps. It hasn't seemed to hurt the offense at all. Now, Ashton Jenny, their top running back, did get knocked out of the game last week uh, against Wyoming. We'll see about his status here. But George Holani, the other top back who had been out since the Washington game, he came back. He ran well last week. So just in case Genty can't go, you've got Holani. They're not going to lose the running game much with Holani there. And hopefully both the guys will be available. So that would give them a real plus. Fresno was pretty fortunate last week. They got pushed around for most of that game against UNLV. Except the third quarter, everything worked for Fresno. All of a sudden, they jumped back in the game. Outscored the Rebels 24-0 in the third quarter. But they were hanging on for dear life at the end. Uh, Mikey Keene, the quarterback, the transfer from UCF, came back last week and looked okay. Uh, but uh, Boise, this has been a series, um, you know, that has been sort of underdog related last year. Speaking of underdogs, Fresno went into Boise after losing in the regular season on the blue carpet and won the Mountain West title game on the blue carpet in Boise. So little revenge here for the Broncos who have to lose in the conference title game at home. They're playing well right now and uh, they could win on the road. And I think they will this week, but to be safe, let's just take Boise plus the three, some three and a halfs out there, but uh, plus three should be good enough. And I think they got a shot to win this game. I'll take the Broncos. Yeah, Mads, Madsen has just upgraded their passing game so much and made it uh, more consistent. Uh, you know, uh, outperforming green in every uh, category. I mean, uh, completion percentage, yards per attempt, touchdown interception ratio, uh, quarterback rating, we go on and on. I mean, across the board. So uh, green is kind of that big hitter. I mean, big, tall, range guy, athletic guy with a big arm, but, you know, very inconsistent uh, with the, with his play. So, we'll be interesting. Down in the valley in Fresno. So, Boise State, the pick there. Five more best bets for you. Good luck to you. Bruce, uh, Bruce Marshall, we do it every week here with his five best bets on the Sports Betters Paradise. For Bruce, I'm Jimmy Ott on the Sports Betters Paradise on the Bet Rivers Network.